0: Teacher Vet is a podcast about topics in veterinary medicine. Though we strive to provide research-based information, it is not intended to be used as medical advice. So if Fido is feeling sick, be sure to take him to your vet. Trust us, they know what they are doing.
1: Hi, I'm Jacob Vockler and I'm the teacher.
0: Hi, I'm Amanda Vockler and I'm the vet.
1: And you're listening to Teacher Teacher Vet. Vet. Well, welcome uh, back to... Teacher Vet, we are super excited to be back into the recording studio yet again for a consistent release. Woo! Yeah, which is a big deal. (laughs) And we are back for a second recording of the same episode. Uh, If you listen to the update a couple of weeks ago, I guess it probably been like a month ago or so at this point. Yeah. We recorded this episode a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And then I messed up the audio during the recording. And uh, so we just had to scrap it, right?
0: Yeah. And it was really good.
1: It was really good. Which, but
0: now I don't remember a lot of it, so maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which means it probably wasn't that memorable, right? So it's uh, it's kind of nice to be back and, and doing it again. So we're going to start our um, our series of dogs with jobs. And so today we're going to be talking about police dogs specifically. So it's yep. pretty cool. But we do have a couple of things of, uh, of business to attend to f- first. Yes. All right. What do you got there, Amanda.
0: I have a review that Woo-woo. we neglected to read last time.
1: Yeah, we were a little caught up in the whole coronavirus thing, which which is kind
0: of taking over our lives right now. Yeah,
1: but, yeah, or know. the world, if you look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. So we have a review.
0: Yeah. So this is from Deborah Ann on our Facebook uh, page. She says, "I love this podcast. Entertaining, informative, and common sense. They are so humble and so interesting to listen to." I love the background history provided on each topic. I'm addicted. Also becoming informed and opening my mind to some well-researched information. Thank you to Dr. Kara Shepard from Goat Talk with the Goat Doc for recommending this podcast on hers. I'm a huge fan of her.
1: Hey, awesome. We are too. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we (laughs) cross-promoted with her a couple, because it's been a couple of months ago now. And so we would still recommend her. Again, yeah. she's got some good stuff for sure. You know, I I do consider myself pretty humble, so I think that was a really good piece oh for gosh. her. That, yeah, that's a really good review. I am pretty humble, so um, <laughs> fairly intelligent and entertaining. She was spot on. I, yeah, I have a yeah. new I have a new favorite fan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Deborah Ann, for for your review. We yeah. appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and for everybody else, um, the reviews actually are a big deal for, for us. Um, it, it does help get our name out there a little bit. But um, the feedback's really cool because sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to the wall and my wife. And as cool as that is, we want people to be listening. And so if you're liking it.
0: Especially right now. Yes. All we talk to is each other. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: this and I'm whole trying.
0: home quarantine stuff is... Uh, you know,
1: it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to decide who's going to die first, right? Who Or who's going to kill the other one first. Yeah. It's definitely going to be you killing me <laughs> in my sleep, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, you know what? If you like what you're listening to, um, a review on Facebook or on whatever podcatcher you're listening through or Apple, iTunes, whatever scenario might be. Um, goes a long way, so it's pretty cool. But thank you for the review. Um, real quick, second piece of business is uh, just talk about, we just wanted to touch base. Our last episode was on um, coronavirus, talking about the spread of the new coronavirus and everything. And we're not going to go in depth into that again. We, we might do like a re, just revisit in, in a little while. Maybe, maybe not. But the biggest thing, we just want to get back to normal life. For for us a little bit, because, like, we just talked about everything we're doing. I mean, everything's so fucked every upside day. down and crazy. yeah
0: Every day it's COVID-19. It every, is. Every couple minutes you think about it and...
1: That's all you hear.
0: I think we want to do something that's not that. <laughs> yeah, so our, our
1: goal here is we're just going to do business as usual. Even though we know that your life is flipped upside down and ours is too, we're just going to do a normal episode here. And for the next little while, that's what we're going to do. We're just mm-hmm. going to produce normal episodes and give you a, a little bit of a break for however long um, you're willing to listen to us ramble on about whatever the topic is. <laughs> Fair enough? Fair enough. Awesome. Okay. Um, all right. Third piece of business is... Um,
0: What do you think it is, Amanda? Your podcast within the podcast.
1: The podcast within a podcast. (laughs) What's it called? Today in Teaching. (laughs) Here we go. All right, welcome to today in teaching. Hey, so I know we just talked about the fact that we're not going to talk about the coronavirus, but
0: now we're going to talk about it. (laughs) But I'm going to talk about the
1: coronavirus (laughs) a little bit. Um, So I think I mentioned because
0: now you're teaching from home.
1: (laughs) I am, yeah. So in our um, in our pre little. Released to our last episode, we had like a little update. Um, mm-hmm. and and so I kind of mentioned it there. So, yeah, my today in teaching is um pretty simple but uh pretty hectic. Uh, overnight I became an online educator and that was crazy. Um, it was basically a meeting was held so I'm part of a leadership team at the school I'm at I'm the mm-hmm. department chair for the whole special education department and so um, they pulled all the leaders all the leadership in all the department heads plus some other people in. it was on a Saturday afternoon like at three and, which was way weird because I mean assembling educators on a weekend is like never I know like and of. I
0: had no empathy because <laughs> I work on Saturdays yeah, so
1: and I don't Ever except like
0: boohoo one Saturday.
1: (laughs) Been a teacher for four years and this is the first time I've worked on a Saturday. Um but uh yeah, so pulled us all together and it was very it was weird because it was just like, Hey, here's the deal. We are we're not coming back to school for at least two weeks. Um that was that was at the time. Since then it's also changed. We're not going back to school till May first. And if you ask me my personal opinion, this is not based on any insider info. I genuinely don't think that I'm gonna be back in the building with students for the rest of the year. I just don't. Um, I just can't imagine that every day that goes by, this is what I told some coworkers. I told my team, I just told them, Hey, you got a plan for the fact that you're probably not going to, um, purely based off of this one simple fact, every day that you wake up and there's a new diagnosis, they're not going to open. I just don't, I just don't think they will. So not anyway, until
0: it slows down. Yeah,
1: not until it slowed down for sure. <clears throat> so uh, my today in teaching is just simply telling you that um, the if you are uh, a parent or a student, for that matter, I mean, I don't know, maybe we got high school kids listening, I don't know. But if you are in any way, shape, or form um, connected to the education system, uh, you're you're clearly impacted by this. And let me tell you, the teachers on the other side of that screen that you're looking at, are they they are thinking of you and they are worried about you and they um and and or their or your child um mm-hmm. sleepless nights on my side trying to think of try, just trying to think of how to impact my kids right cuz now I have a hard time getting I mean me specifically I work with kids with learning disabilities and a lot of them are behaviors and they struggle and they've shut yeah. down and they they hate school and so which is a pretty harsh term and you but i mean the
0: structure of school exactly
1: yeah. so when you remove the structure you rip the carpet out from under their feet any building blocks that you had are now gone so now i'm laying in bed at night just thinking how on earth do i connect with this kid and so It's the balance between trying to hound them and calling them and emailing them and you got to get on, you got to get on and then creating an assignment online that's meaningful and and helpful and and actually does something good for them. Um, It's not just busy work. So yeah, so that's my today in teaching. Um, If you're connected to education at all, that educator on the other side uh, is is genuinely concerned for you and um, because I know I am, Um, I got an email this morning from the kid who I was worried about for the last two weeks, just like, because I have worked so hard to create any connection with this kid, um, and a couple of months ago he finally he was having a little episode in the hall, and he was like, "Well, it's okay, Mr. Buckler, you're a good teacher," and I was just like, I about yeah. melted. I yeah, you know, I jumped for joy after I got out of sight. I was just like, I just said, "Hey, thanks, Bud," and I, I I think I shook his hand and walked away. And out of, I got out of his and sight and I was like,
0: pump. yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was way excited. But uh, and then all of a sudden this happens and school's out and he goes home to uh, very little structure and that's what's caused some of the problems that he has. And it just, my heart just breaks and still does. And he reached out to me in an email and said, Mr. Rockler, I don't know how to log into any of my stuff. I need your help. And I was like, oh my gosh, I saw his name on the email and I was, I was seriously ecstatic. <laughs> Because I just, I feel for him. I want the best for him. So anyway, so there's my today in teaching.
0: Can I add in? Absolutely, to you can. The, yes. today You're
1: not a teacher, but you're a teacher through me. I, <laughs> I guess. am. Like I'm a vet through you. You're... Yeah. Okay, go.
0: I'm a teacher by proxy. Yeah. So everybody that we run into or, you know, from a six foot dis- distance.
1: <laughs> Everyone we six foot high five away. No. Yeah.
0: They're all like, oh, man, so now you're working from home, so it's way easier. Oh, it's a vacation. And I can tell you from seeing even what you have to do every day, and on top of that, watching our three-year-old trying to juggle that and do your work on the days that I have to go to work, that's, you know, it's not a cakewalk for the teachers. (laughs) Don't think that it's like, oh, yay, now they're partying. No, I think that, and you've even said that you are having to work harder yeah, than I what you would have to if you were actually in the classroom with your kids. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, there's some elements I get to hang out in my pajamas for the majority of my day, which is yeah. nice. But yeah, it's uh, it's an extra burden for sure. And I'm not looking for sympathy, and I appreciate you bringing that up. But it's it's true. I mean, I just had to bring yeah. it up. Yeah, very because much.
0: You gotta you gotta pay respect and love <laughs> the teachers and yeah. and try to go with the flow through all this
1: yeah just kind of roll with the punches okay Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's get into dogs the episode, with then. jobs. Dogs with jobs. Let's get let's get to what people really came here for, right? Dogs with jobs. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're just gonna go a uh, real simple outline here. I'm gonna talk about the history of the use of animals. Um, I'm gonna actually start with like military a little bit and talk about that because that kind of That's kind rolls of what into started, yeah exactly. Starts it up. And then you've got some pretty cool stories about dogs, police dogs, uh, yeah. And uh, we'll share that and and then we'll. Uh, we'll be done. So, all right. So the history of dogs with jobs of, of dogs in the police force can, there's kind of two areas that I could go back in time to. Um, if you really want to get down deep into it, um, the Greeks and Romans use them, uh, use dogs in, for war and in policing, like, but there's really, there's not a ton of history on that. Um, but they weren't trained. They were just, they were just, you know, dogs that were used. They were just kind of more like attack-ish kind of dogs, maybe. Um, and but the, So the Greeks and Romans, if you want to go that deep, were probably the first ones to have it. Um, but the real, when we're talking like on record, the real first dogs that were used in the police force were back in England in the 1400s. Um, they would have, there was attacks. And this is how we know that they were used this early. There was a tax that was levied on the English people to maintain the hounds who were used for tracking criminals. So the the cities in England were, were raising funds to help feed and take care of the animals who were used. They were bloodhounds is what I what I was able to grasp. And they were used primarily for tracking criminals. And um, they were so heavily used that they would even actually had it in their law that was stated that if you had a, a, a police officer come to your door and they had a dog and they were looking for somebody, you had to let them in. Um, and if you didn't, then they could charge you uh, with aiding and abetting, essentially, right? So that yeah. was kind of so that's kind of cool. So going all the way back to the fourteen hundreds um, in England, one of the most uh, notorious, I guess, uh, stories of, of dogs being used uh, as police animals was actually in search for a very famous murderer in England. Do you know off the top of your head who that might be?
0: Uh, Jack the Reaper. Jack the Ripper. Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Oh my gosh! That's <laughs> all right. Jack the Ripper <laughs> in uh, in
1: 1888. So um, he the bloodhounds in England were used very heavily for that, and there's tons of documentation um, that went all around that. There were uh, canines who who accompanied policemen who all throughout the city. So basically they just like tagged uh, a bloodhound with pretty much any animal, with any, any police officer in the city. Um, And the main idea, just trying to find, just trying to find this guy. Um, Other cool stories. um, England is not necessarily the only place at this time who was using um, animals for, uh, for their police work. Um, It was spreading all throughout Europe. It was very heavy in Europe in 1899 in Ghent, Belgium. There was police, uh, the police started, formally training their dogs for police work so the reason why this is important is even though animals were used dogs specifically were yeah. used the training was, was like structured. so so right like you might be given a dog and you were given some money to feed that dog but you the police officer were in charge of you know treating their she's not treating training them and getting them ready for whatever mm-hmm. the job might be so the results are going to be iffy at best, right? Um, they're probably helpful, but not, non-formal training, it, it kind of becomes questionable how useful they could be. So this kind of marks the beginning of official formal training of animals, um, again in, Bent, in Ghent, uh, Belgium in 1899. In uh, 1910, in Germany, police dogs were uh, widely used throughout the city. They had over 600 police dogs within the city, within uh, major cities in Germany. And then where it really blows up is in World War One. So in early 1900s, um, the Germans led the way with, uh, with the use of animals in war. This is where I'll talk quite a bit about animal use in war. And as I explain what they were used for, you're totally going to see the the use for them today and mm-hmm. and how we use them today so the germans had ready for this over ten thousand dogs used on just their side wow. during world war one uh that number was astonishing to me yeah um they use them for several different things they use them as sentries so like basically like lookouts um mm-hmm. they use them as scouts right so they use their their scent um and their ability to track and then also as guards um with the uh with the with the the soldiers right as they were guarding different things um they use them this was kind of a cool thing they use them for quiet alert now what's a quiet alert i know you know what that is
0: well they can passive alert their handler as to like a trigger you know so like scent dogs will instead of barking Mm -hmm. they'll lay down or they'll sit down and that's the signal to their owner that they they found something Yeah,
1: exactly. So, like, if you ever go to the uh, airport or whatever, sometimes you'll see they're, Mm -hmm. like, sniffing around. A lot of those dogs are not trained to, like, right they're trained to like sit down they give them mm-hmm. a cue like that so these dogs primarily were were quite alert trained um the primary reason is if you have a dog who's a lookout give away signal. exactly it's like midnight it's dark outside kitchen. uh and then they're 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 sitting there sniffing around you don't want them to start barking because then the people who are approaching are going to run away they're just going to quietly sit and you as the owner know Hey, something's going down. Right. So there was, that was kind of cool. They also, I thought this was interesting. They guarded lots of ammunition supplies. That was a big reason why, uh, why German dogs were used in world war one. And if you think about it, that makes sense, right? If I can free two or three people up from guarding a big supply of ammunitions, then I can put them on the front lines. And so instead you'd have one person and and a couple of dogs. Uh, What they would do is they would put the dogs a certain amount of feet away from the from the supply, mm-hmm. um, that would then be able to to. Uh, detect somebody a certain amount of feet away from them and they measured it out so that no person increased their boundary yeah yeah they they measured it specifically within like the average distance that somebody could throw a grenade so they so they would put the dog out a certain amount of feet who could then alert a certain amount of feet out from there so that no person could lob a grenade into the ammunition store Mm -hmm. and then right which totally makes sense so it's really kind of cool. Um, all right, I'm gonna get sad here for a second. So we're, they were also used. Do you remember talking about this now?
0: I do. Um, yeah.
1: But it's it's actually really cool. There's a, this is I mean when you think about um, when you think about the level of just like dedication that a dog can have. Uh, this is this is it. So the Red Cross used them as mercy dogs. So they. Uh, just real quick nerd out for a moment world war one is very heavily known for trench warfare you'd Mm -hmm. get the germans who would start to uh basically you'd get like so let's say like germans and the americans and they were approaching towards a, a, a similar location and then they'd hunker down and start shooting at each other and then they would just stay there right and then they would start to dig these really deep trenches and they would be these trenches were epic Yeah. <laughs> and everywhere in between was known as no man's land mm-hmm. and literally it would destroy the ground in between because there would just be bombs that would be dropped and bullets that would come it would be intense and there's a really cool documentary on netflix actually that's uh it's something about the scars of the land and mm-hmm. they take a uh an airplane over uh, battlegrounds that were that were known for world war one you can still physically see the the Where change the that they were. made to the land it's crazy Anyway, so in no man's land, there were all kinds of different tactics that people would use to try and get across to the other trench. Um, One of the biggest ones is they had these huge metal plates that had these little slats in them. And then these guys would, would get out of the trench and they'd lay behind their big metal plate and then they would like army crawl inch by inch with this metal plate in front of them Mm -hmm. and shooting through these little holes. So anyway, and then they do other stuff. They would just do like whole floods of, right. You know, a thousand people ready, set, go. And then run across no man's land. Well, when you're trying to do these kinds of things and people are shooting at you, you're going to get hit every now and then. So um, unfortunately, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And so these mercy dogs were actually trained to run into no man's land or anywhere else really for that matter to run into no man's land with um with bandages and like a first aid kit attached to their side actually. Yeah. So these so rather than have a medic run into no man's land and get shot, they trained the dogs to, to mark on a person, go run right to them, that person then could open up the first aid kit that was attached to the dog's side and then, you know, put on a field tourniquet or field dressings, right? Bandages, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and it, they saved a lot of lives. I'm I don't have numbers of how many animals died but i'm sure that there were quite a few um but when you think about they probably saved you know off the top of my head i'm gonna say probably hundreds if not thousands of lives potentially um, when you think about it so i mean how much life? how much
0: impressive to as an animal not even i mean people too right but as an animal to run towards
1: yes the gunfire, the gunfire, right? and the sounds and everything
0: yep. like that—that that takes a whole level of training. Yes. That yes, impressive. I mean, our dogs, the <laughs> the fire alarm beeps, Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they are it, on done. high alert. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I we, dropped a fork. We have we have very pampered spoiled oh, yeah. dogs yes. that don't even know.
1: I dropped a fork <laughs> earlier and I think that our dog is still scared of me. <laughs> it's, yeah, they're bad. Um, all right, so... Uh,
0: as we talked before, our, our one dog has really bad anxiety. Really bad so. anxiety.
1: Yes, correct. <laughs> um, they were also used as messengers for the same kind of thing. They would have these like big bodysuits they put on them and put letters and stuff in there. And they were trained to go from one spot to the next. And they could run through the trenches really, really fast, which was really nice. Um, and they could stay low because they're obviously a lot smaller. And mm-hmm. so there wasn't like fear. So a lot of soldiers, if they were running through a trench, you'd get to a high point in the trench and your head might stick up. And there'd be snipers literally waiting all day long for somebody's head to pop up. But the dogs didn't really worry about that. So they used them as messengers back and forth throughout the trenches as well, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, after World War One, you start to see dog training schools that start to pop up. There's one in green high germany that's going to pop up uh kind of the crazy thing behind uh there is they work on like scent and, and tracking mm-hmm. um but they also taught this was one of the first records of to obey an attack on command <laughs> which um i mean for a police animal like it makes sense but yeah. uh, they learned a lot of that i'm sure throughout world war one uh, and everything there by 1938, London starts introducing Labrador Retrievers to their police uh, patrols. In the 1970s, uh, you start to see it take off here in in America. Um, today, at this point, uh, America, it's it's hard to find a police department that doesn't have a canine unit. I mean, you see it all over the place. Um, you you if you were to uh, go to any police station. You would see a truck with a K-9 unit. I know that when we were in high school, um, when I was in high school anyway, I took a law enforcement class, and we had the K-9 unit come. That was, I mean, every every police department has it. It's just mm-hmm. it's just common to have them at this point. They're used for for more than just police work, uh, though. And there's a story that I wanted to tell um, that this would be similar to police work, but but kind of a little bit of a different vein. Um, we talked a bit a little bit a little bit ago about their use in airports. Um, yeah. I mean, same kind of thing, right? This investigative, right, ability to scent to to smell and 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 react. Um, we had a cool experience in the airport. I guess this was how long ago was this? This would have been about a year ago, about, or a, year so. ago, yeah, I about think, a year ago, yeah, about a year ago. Um, going through the airport stinks typically, right? It's terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> but uh, security, yeah. But something <laughs> happened that was totally unique.
0: Yeah. For once, we didn't have to take off our shoes and undo. Nearly anything. undo, <laughs> yeah, we kept all of our liquids in the luggage and everything like that because there was a, there was a working dog um, that they just had run all along the line as we walked past slowly um, and just checking everybody's bags out. And so then we got to essentially kind of expedite through the security line because of that, which was pretty cool. And it always takes out everything in me, to, but not like pet him, pet him. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I when I walked by, I even said, "I was like, hey, buddy," because <laughs> I, yeah, I thought the same thing too. Yeah. yeah, but it was cool. They were just like, "We're gonna be behind this red line. You guys just keep walking. He's gonna do his thing. He's he or there, she to
0: smell and yeah. just
1: and they just walked up and down as we walked down this line. It was cool. It was really cool. Yeah, but it's I neat. mean, all of that finds its roots all the way back to. Um, You know, trying to find Mm -hmm. uh, the the, trying to find Jack the Ripper. Right. And stuff like that. And then as it's evolved all the way through World War One and everything like we talked about there. Um, One really quick note that was worth mentioning, I think is really kind of cool that the they have proven that bloodhounds are so good at being able to detect stuff that uh, bloodhounds have actually been... they were the, There was the first... It was called a canine testimonial um, that was called into court, and, and they are the first dog to get evidence submitted and successfully used to convict somebody um, of, of murder in a modern court system. Um, That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, it is crazy. So they were used quite a bit. I know bit, there's but...
0: tons of like process and steps in order for that to to really be used too but that's yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, and so it, when done correctly, um this is fairly rare, but but when you follow the steps, uh are proven that the bloodhound scent is so good that you can use it still to be it's you know it's submitted as, evidence, as evidence um towards, you know, major like like I said like a murder or something like that. Um so it's just it's just cool to see what they're used for. Um, the biggest thing they're used for today is, is detection and apprehension. Um, you see the crazy videos, like, so not only are they for tracking, you see the crazy videos of the dogs getting let go on the guy running away and they just take them down with their arm. And, and that's, it's pretty cool. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention that I thought was interesting is, uh, like I said, when I was in high school, I took a, uh, I took a class that was about it was uh, the it was law enforcement and that canine day they were um, bringing in the they in, they were bringing in the dog and um, we talked to them about like their training method and stuff and the guy said he's like I, I, you got to look at it like a boxer right if if my dog is primarily used for not just tracking somebody down but to take that person down mm-hmm. when we're training them. We never want the dog to lose. We always want them to win. Um, they, he's just like, you just always want them to have this, like, I'm going to win every time mentality. Um, I don't know how, like, impactful that is as a whole. But I know that him and that dog as a team worked that way. And I feel like there was just something to it, you know, yeah. a little bit. He's That's like, kind of it, something
0: I've heard from some handlers, too. Yeah. Or like Especially in training, they always try to end on a positive, like where they've succeeded yes yeah at the end of each training and they try to make it fun and exciting for the dog because obviously i mean when it comes down to it too they're a dog (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) exactly and they're only going to do something that they do ultimately enjoy and have fun with so yeah
1: yeah Yeah, it's kind of cool all right, well that's uh so that's my half. Um, that's yeah. the history of it. It's pretty cool. I, I know that uh, on top of the airport story, um, as as a vet, as an active vet, you've encountered some really cool, kind of scenarios, and and also um, the just the the vets like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like vets as a whole lately have had some really cool stories when it comes to working with dogs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, yeah. so what do you got?
0: So in my. <laughs> fairly short time as a vet. I've been able to work on a lot of police dogs and work with a lot of police dogs. Um, Sometimes as their veterinarian, it is a little scary. Intimidating. (laughs) Intimidating, especially when they come in and they almost look like they have their own personalized Hannibal Lecter muzzle on their face with their name. (laughs) <laughs> blazoned across the top of the the muzzle killer Yeah, <laughs> it's like man now i have to <laughs> now i have to poke you and do you know not you know i don't do very pleasant things unfortunately to animals sometimes <laughs> especially if i have to give them a shot or something like that that yeah. they don't like and eat the average dog um you know, sometimes can react in the way like, hey, that hurt me, so I'm going to bite you type of a thing. <laughs> and so uh, police dogs are, yeah, sometimes a little, little I, I definitely have my respect for them, <laughs> I should say, a very healthy respect for them. Um, And it's definitely an instance where I feel more comfortable having their handler, of course, there um, with me through the process um, because they can give them all those signals and say, you know, don't bite. <laughs> this, yeah, this lady, she's <laughs> a good guy. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've always found that interesting. You have you talk a lot about how frustrating it can be to have um like an owner there and and like not I'm I'm talking about like a normal a normal dog and and their owner and they're like oh I'll help restrain them and you're like well. I, I, I get that your heart's in the staff. right place. Yeah. yeah, but my trained staff is gonna be better. I definitely and it's hard you to know, get that up. But I'm
0: okay with them obviously being there and sure, helping them sure. feel better and everything like that. But yeah. It's it sometimes can actually make the dog a little bit more, more anxious. anxious. Yeah. And then I also don't want anybody else getting bit in the process. And I definitely trust my coworker, my technician who, who I've worked with, with for a while. long time, that I know they're well trained and I know the way that they're going to react that if that dog happens to go reach to bite me that they're not going to let go yeah. but they're going to keep holding on
1: but a police canine unit a, it's like the total opposite right yeah. you're like and that's your dog yep. and you know you know all your right
0: dog. mr policeman come step up by his face for me and you <laughs> hold his face <laughs>
1: yeah that rule goes out the door
0: <laughs> yep yep and uh so that's kind of the biggest thing and i it's really cool seeing police dogs, and I always just get a big joy out of seeing dogs, working dogs that that get joy out of doing a job. They have a purpose. They have a purpose, and it's amazing hearing all the stories. I've heard quite a few stories, um, and it's really cool even seeing now. I've seen quite a few in their puppyhood when they're in their right in the middle of their training, and seeing how. mature and how they grow and just that connection that they have with their handlers is like no other dog pet owner relationship. Yeah. It is a very they are with them like 24 seven. Yeah from the moment they get them. Yeah. mm -hmm, And they are literally their partner. Um they are there with them through everything. You know, they're they're home with them all the time. And, you know, most police officers don't go home with their partners. They they actually get to bring, you know, mm-hmm. their partners into their home. And then also they're, they're with them the whole work day. And, you know, even I can't say that, that I get to bring my dogs with me to work. Nor would I because they'd be a little distracting.
1: <laughs> they would just sit and whine the whole time. Yeah. You're talking about these awesome canine unit dogs and I'm just thinking of are just super lazy, useless, lovely, they're love, useless. Lovey, just, <laughs> they're great, they're awesome with our little one, but they're just, canine unit dogs are so much cooler.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're really high level of, yes. of energy that we wouldn't be able to Correct. maintain. And so with that also said, I also see a lot of people get police dog breeds. So German Shepherds, Belgian Malinois. Thinking like, all right, cool, I'm going to have this really cool, like almost like like, like a police dog. You got to know what you're getting into with that. <laughs> and there's a lot of people. It's more than just fetch in the backyard. Don't, yeah, yeah. They need that job. They need a purpose. Otherwise, they're going to go crazy. They're going to be ripping apart your house. And if you don't train them in the right way, they're, they're just going to be kind of a mess um, socially and interacting with people and stuff like that so as always this is kind of a given but just always research a breed before you adopt or buy a puppy (laughs) didn't mean to go off that tangent (laughs) (laughs) it's all good but you know but then there's been I mean really cool stories of how these dogs can I mean save lives right and save Um, not only police officers lives but people's lives Um, and mainly the the most recent story that I um, wanted to share this is new since we re-recorded our (laughs) maybe it was good maybe this is why this is a cool story it's a really cool story so you think of police dogs not only just keeping our our community safe and everything like that, but they also help keep their their handlers safe. Um and there was a story of a, a dog recently that was shot in the line of duty. Um his handler came out of it okay. The criminal was was shot and apprehended as well. Um and I don't believe that the criminal survived this interaction. Right um but the police dog was in a in rough shape. And I first heard about this story was on a, a vet Facebook group that I'm on, and it just, it blew me away just hearing the, own, the vet's personal account of that. Um, so there are quite a few vets sometimes in different areas that will even be on call with certain police departments, and uh, Dr. Jessica Morrison is one of those vets, and she is a hero in this story. And I'm definitely gonna like try and tag her and say that yeah, you needed mention in my podcast yeah, big time. Yeah. because it's insane. Yeah, I mean, she she's was... gonna
1: want to be mentioned in a podcast with like thirty thousand listeners, right? <laughs> I don't think we even have that many. <laughs> hey, if you don't say anything, they don't know. <laughs> Forty thousand. You're right. I was oh, wrong. Right. Forty thousand. Right. Weekly listeners. We need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want you to take away from. But anyway, so is a this hero is. Picture.
0: This is up in um, Moses Lake. It's the Moses Lake Police Department. Um, and she was called in the middle of the night um, about this police dog chief that, that was shot in the line of duty. Um, and she had to think on her toes. Um, he was in really bad, rough shape by the time she got to him. Um, and then I, they worked with a Life Fight Network. And got this dog life flighted to uh, Washington State uh, School of Veterinary. Uh, their teaching hospital. Yeah, the school you went to school at. Yeah, so my alma mater. Shout out, go Cougs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was just insane hearing her story. Um, and the lengths that were taken to to get this dog there. Um, and not, but four days later this dog walked out of the hospital That's crazy so just to... after being shot he was shot in the face he yeah. lost his eye and i know he broke his jaw and just some crazy things but
1: to to pause for one second to give people a perspective of what so moses like washington to Pullman, Washington is about a two hour and twenty ish minute drive. Yeah. So a flight, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark forty five minutes, yeah. maybe an hour. Yeah. Like right, if we cut it somewhere in the neighborhood of half. Yeah. So she's literally sitting there
0: On applying the
1: pressure, doing what she can to preserve. Trying this to give him medications an hour. Th-
0: she even had to use it the human medications that were there on to just the yeah. the flight as well to try and keep this dog cool. alive. Really cool. It gives I mean, me it, chills. I know, right? Yeah. It's really.
1: I mean, it's cool. Life flight in general. Like, I mean, this this happens to humans a lot. I mean, I don't yeah. want to diminish. Like, this is all amazing, mm-hmm. right? And it just you just don't hear these stories. You just don't that get much. that. Well, and, and you don't get that happen. opportunity yeah.
0: in veterinary medicine. So it's really cool. Very much. It's really so, cool. Like that's a that is awesome. a life changing moment for her. Yeah, so. and it's just it, the the part that was. Truly amazing about the story too is the um officer as well as the police department t- took a special moment to recognize her and yeah. her her essentially ability of keeping him alive to get him into the hands of the specialists at the yeah. teaching hospital. It's super cool. Um and then kind of like I feel like we need to repost this on like our our facebook I think, page i think we what need we'll do to, is to go back, back and this
1: we'll we'll repost all these yeah there's a lot of there's cool, a lot of cool, cool stories videos and videos stories,
0: yeah. but he got a heroes um escort all the way from pullman washington up back to to moses lake yeah and it is impressive it makes me miss the teaching hospital a little bit seeing some of my old professors and yeah and teachers and everything there um but just man did that the, the all the police cars that were escorting this dog home and it's that it's just that he's a police officer. Yep. And they treat them just like a police officer. He's not just a dog. Mhm. To in their eyes he is He's their their partner. Yeah, he's one he's of their own. Their, he went he's, down. He's one of their their brothers. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, so, which is really cool. And it's yeah. impressive.
1: The videos are really cool because Pullman, Washington, is just this little tiny college town. That there's, I mean, there's there's a road in from the north, one road in from the south, one road in from the east, and then one from the west. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they and they all feed in, and and they all go to different, you know. out out, like cities or towns on the outskirts anyway and you just see this video of they just shut down basically one whole route in and you just see police car after police car after police car i mean there was it was really cool it's really really cool
0: it was really cool yeah it's fun and it's just amazing the the resilience and the ability of animals so and you know there's tons of stories and we could go on and on and on I love reading those stories of yeah. working dogs at, at work and <laughs> doing their job. Um, and I really, like I said, I enjoy seeing a lot of the police dogs. I see police dogs that are bite dogs, the apprehensive dogs. I've seen um, bomb dogs and even drug dogs.
1: And more the detection type.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing to me, like when you even think about that level of training. And that ability to recognize, I mean, like bomb dogs, they have to be able to detect about 10 different, 10,000 different scents. That's crazy. But then also they can't be distracted by something else. Uh-huh. So they should be able to signal of a bomb, you know, a scent of a bomb or a substance while somebody's sitting there like cooking a steak right next mm-hmm. to them. And it's like, how can a dog not be distracted by that? That's yeah. It's just impressive. It is impressive. So impressive. Yeah. So many cool stories. But also there are some sad ones too. Why well, um, you got to go
1: bringing us down? I'm sorry.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I always have to have balance, right? But it is, you know, I mean, there's obviously sad stories. There's a lot of police departments that I know that even didn't have funding for bulletproof vests and things like that for their canines and their, um, and their police departments and everything. Um, but also, you know, in the terms of twisting it from a veterinary perspective too, um, I have to make sure that, that pet, that dog, I shouldn't say pet, that that dog is able to function and do its job. Um, at its 100% ability. Um, and there have been moments that have been kind of hard when I'm there with the handler and I've diagnosed something that then is going to put that dog now into retirement. Yeah, you
1: retire a dog, essentially.
0: And, I mean, that's a lot to, you know... Yeah. ...see and, and witness. And I guess, you know, it's, it's advice and information that i have to give but it doesn't sometimes make that any easier because yeah i'm changing that dog's life as well as the handler's life now because their partner now Can't can work. no longer work with them yeah that's hard so but with that said if you guys have any cool stories yeah. um those in even the veterinary field um and non-veterinary field if you have any cool please dog stories please hit us up share it on our facebook page or instagram so we can get all these stories out there mainly also so we can be distracted by something else rather than covid-19 bring up
1: bring up something nice and fun yeah, <laughs> yeah good stories out let's there bring yeah that's the a really good the idea the
0: fun fuzzy stories of of working dogs um, that you may have in your life so and with that said so thank you for taking The time to listen to this week's episode.
1: Yeah, we hope that you learned something new and uh, maybe got a little laugh somewhere along the way.
0: Remember, you can follow us on Instagram at TeacherVetPodcast.
1: We have a Facebook page. Just search TeacherVetPodcast and you'll find us there.
0: If you like what you hear, um, tell your friends and spread the word.
1: Also, uh, we have a lot of topics we're going to talk about and some ideas that are going through our heads. But uh, if you have something you want to hear us talk about, go ahead and send us an email at teachervetpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Um, we have a request that we're probably going to do an episode on here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll, be, that'll be coming up. But uh, any new ideas anybody has, if you want to hear us talk about it, or if you want to listen to me complain about having to go deep into the research of some random topic, shoot us an email. We will do it. <laughs> I will happily do it. <laughs> we'll go from there.
0: And with that said, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.